1: Hey, this is going to be one of those risky intros, this isn't going to work very well. But I've left it really late, it's Sunday, so it's going to happen. Yes, Mickey? Of course I can. Mickey likes being twisted up in the swing at the moment. He's discovered the joys of that. So that's what we're doing now. Oh, so I'm moving other bits of apparatus out of the way. So it's not quite as dangerous as it might be. Oh, that's not going to work, Mickey. All right, all right. My uh, three-year-old has turned into my tiny boss man. I know, Mickey. I know I haven't done that bit. Anyway, how are you? What's been going on with you? I have. i am um, about to just complete my final birthday party of April. This is number four. And um, I've had the same happy birthday balloons up since the first one, which was Richard's way back on the 6th. We had mine on the 10th. Sonny was 18 last Saturday on the 23rd and Ray was at 10 on Monday 25th so we just had a sleepover last night with uh, an extra seven kids round. They're all leaving at the moment and I'm quite exhausted actually but in a happy way because it all went well and actually Sunny and Ray haven't had birthday parties for 2 years so it's nice to get back to doing all that for them because you know it's a big deal when you're 10. Anyway um as I speak to you. Yeah, I'm in the garden. It's All right, Mickey. Um, and I had a really lovely chat this week with Claire from Steps. So I've been trying to sort out having Claire on the podcast since probably something like September last year. Um, before the tour, I know that much. And then it kept getting pushed back and pushed back because this might make you laugh. I didn't actually meet Claire on the Steps tour at all. I've met her previously, but on the Steps tour where I supported them for all of the dates, I think it was 15 or 16 dates, I didn't get to chat to any of Steps because they were being so, um, what's the word, strenuous. And, you know, quite rightly, they were just trying to protect themselves against getting COVID while they were on the tour. So it meant that I didn't see them. I didn't see them at all. And Claire and I spoke about that when we finally met, but it made me chuckle a little bit, and maybe you'll appreciate this that when I was putting in my notes, I've got, like, my notes where I put all the, my guests. All right, Mickey, all my guests. Hold on, Ray. Hold on. Two minutes, two minutes. All my guests for the podcast. So I put next... Hold, hold on. I put next to their name, like, all the the series where I might speak to them. So first it said, let the Claire five, and then it said six, and then it said seven. And then when I saw it in my, hair, in my notes, it said, Claire Richards, five, six, seven... Eight, my boot scootin', baby, is driving me crazy. Yes, it made me chuckle. Anyway, it was a lovely chat with Claire, and when we went to her house, it was so nice to sit with her, have a cup of tea, talk about lots of stuff. Um, She's warm, she's smart, she's got some real parallels with, you know, times in her life when significant things happen with her singing, which was really nice to sort of compare notes. Um, And we had a chuckle about things, and I'm really glad I managed to to get our chat recorded for you. And I'm gonna uh, listen to it again while I also um, twist my three-year-old on a swing and then let him go wildly round in a circle at the end of it. All right, see you on the other side. Thank you very much for having us over. Thank you. And it's actually really nice to see you up close because... <laughs> I know. Because um, we did a tour together. A whole tour. A whole tour. A really happy tour, but yeah. I didn't really see much of you except from, from the crowd point of view because yeah. you guys were being so careful. We were trying to be careful. It kind
2: of didn't really work in the end, did it? But um yeah, it was a weird one that. It was a really weird tour. It was not... um not the most enjoyable from our point of view in terms of just kind of trying to keep it on the road. And I think um, in hindsight, if I'd have known what it was going to be like, probably would have postponed it another year or so maybe because we're so used to touring in a certain way that is pretty, it's joyful most of yeah. the time. It's, it's, you know, we've never, it was just gave a whole extra level of worry to the whole thing yeah no, I, I totally
1: hear you with that it makes you understand actually how mm. much touring is not just the gigs <laughs> No, it really isn't it's like actually that
2: part on on the stage that two hours is it's the key part obviously but yeah. it's not really I think yeah touring is a completely whole different thing mm. to that that moment that you see on stage yeah it's like that's the payoff and yeah. that's the reason why we're all there but actually there's there is so much more to it
1: and that re- we just missed that completely yeah so this you had to is it right you were like two weeks you were isolating before the tour even started is that right
2: well no we rehearsed mm. um so we in rehearsals we would be really really careful but it's difficult to kind of Keep everybody in one place. And then when we got to production rehearsals, that was when the bubble kind of started, which was just over a week before the actual tour started. Okay. Um, which seemed to be enough. We were testing every day. We were just, we didn't leave our hotel rooms. I mean, it was just, didn't go to a restaurant, a bar, a gym, nothing. I took a suitcase full of gym stuff and we kind of made our own little gym. And it, it was crazy, really. And we, I don't know, we tried really hard, but.
1: Yeah, I guess as well to be able to see friends and family after the
2: gigs and that kind of thing. That was hard. That was really hard, actually. And especially for, I mean, by the time we'd got to London, it it was nearly over. So Mm. we'd kind of, and we knew because Lee, Faye had got COVID and been away for that week or so. Then Lee got it on the first. He tested on the Saturday, so the second O two. So mm. Faye came back, he left. And we knew we were nearly done. So we did see family at London, but Faye's from Newcastle, or she lives in Newcastle, and all her family came to see the show and she couldn't see them afterwards. It was just she was ten minutes from her house. It was Aww. a bit kind of Yeah, that's t- tough. It's a bit heartbreaking. And it's that's again, sharing all of that with your family and your kids and stuff, it's that's the joy of it. Yeah. And I know. we just didn't We just couldn't. It was was very relieved to get
1: home. (laughs) I know. Well, I did really feel for you. I mean, by the way, the shows were really spectacular. And your fans are amazing. (laughs) It was like walking into a big family. Yeah. Because... They were really, I mean, I watched the first gig, like, all the way through, because I just, I, when I'm supporting, I sometimes think, I'll eke it out, because I'm going to get a chance to see this a lot. Yeah. And the first night, I just found myself, like, I oh, know, I'm sticking around. And there was such a great atmosphere, and it was really, like, yeah, like, being part of this big, joyful family. Yeah. Um, so, on that side of it, you know, it was wonderful, but I did really feel for you guys. But that was also what was going on for everybody. I mean, tours yeah. were being pulled left, right, and centre, because... You know, it's so difficult to keep a tour going straight forward when you're, every, if, if one person gets it, that's, we have to yeah. abandon it.
2: I ship. mean, we were one of the first out, I think, mm. really, arena tours anyway. Yeah. So it was quite, I think it was just us and JLS, really, yeah. pop wise. Yeah. So it was quite, it was a big risk and we knew that it was going to be a risk. And even up until the last minute, we were still thinking, sh- is this the right thing to do? Should we be doing this? But, um, I think we'd waited such a long time mm. to get it out and get it, get it on the road that we just wanted to do it. But
1: yeah, it, it, it was a learning experience for yeah. sure. I think we're all having those all the time yeah. and looking back about how things were done and what we did. And, and now at least we're able to, to properly. And so yeah. what's, what's this year looking like for everybody? Um, well, it's our 25th oh, anniversary <laughs> this year that's impressive I can't believe it's
2: been 25 years actually makes me feel a bit sick <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah 25 it's only a quarter minutes. of a century I it's know right. it's more than half my life god it's crazy mm. I can't, and I, it doesn't feel like that long at all I know we had a bit of a gap in between we weren't really together but we've always been steps we've always been a band so it's um, even when we weren't a band I think it, our hearts have always been there and mm. um, So yeah, twenty five years. So we just we are we're doing lots of festivals and lots of shows this summer, which is going to be really nice, and a couple of other things that haven't been announced yet. But um, cool, yeah, it's fun. And you've just come back from War of the Worlds as well. How was that? Do you know what that was? um, Something I never thought I would do, and and I think the fact that it was arena tour really helped. But um, it was brilliant. I absolutely loved it, and the experience from Steps in November and that. Touring, same kind of situation, you Mm. know, tour bus, it was completely different. And the joy was definitely in that. We kind of obviously we had a bit of the freedom back, so we could go out for dinner and and the everybody else in the cast was lovely and I did a bit of acting and yeah, it was all kind of I was terrified to start off with, but by the end of it I absolutely loved it.
1: Well that's really special. And did you find because I've just come back from my first tour in in three years? I've done the old gigs and stuff, but Mm. and I I hadn't really sort of taken into account quite how much of me I'd put on pause that I really get mm. out of my work. When, and, and as you say, not just the gigs, the whole the camaraderie, the atmosphere. Yeah. Um, but just that whole atmosphere that you get when you go on those tours and it's really special. I mean, do you feel like there was a bit of you, like you paused a little bit? Absolutely.
2: I, d- I definitely felt like when we came back from the step store in November... I just didn't feel myself at all. And it's, and even between January and kind of starting it, I was getting really anxious about doing more of the Worlds and thinking, what have I done? I've made a massive mistake. I can't leave my house. I was, felt very, very anxious about the whole thing, but actually doing it and pushing myself to do something, first of all, that terrified the life out of me, but also to be back out into a situation which was fun, Mm. And was work how you remember it? I've come back from there feeling like a completely different person, much more motivated. I've been, yeah, but I think, I've been a much better wife and and parent since I've been back as well. Which is, and and I don't know if it was the situation of the steps store just being as strange as it was that it kind of knocked the the wind out of me a little bit. I think, yeah. So to actually have that experience and go and and. Being an incredible show because even if you don't know it and a lot of my friends and family came to see it and it's not really their cup of tea and even came away going do you know what I probably would never have watched that if you weren't in it but it was incredible and it's it is a massive spectacular show and to be part of something that Jeff has been so passionate about for such a long time yeah and still is it's quite it's really inspiring and it definitely inspired me i kind of came away from that thinking right what am i going to do now what can i do
1: yeah yeah I and mean, that's jeff wayne isn't it i've actually yeah. seen the show myself years ago my friend sinead quinn i think she was doing the same mm. role that you were doing and um i was quite um because richard my husband had grown up on all yeah. the worlds so he knew it inside out but for me, I sort of met it and I think I must have been then, maybe like, I don't know, early 30 or something. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, this is really quite out there, these sort of Victorian times, and then these aliens come. And yeah. the music's very big and bold, and it's quite proggy in parts. And, yeah. I really enjoyed it, actually. It's really textured and yeah. quite wacky and fun. And it
2: is a bit. <laughs> you do kind of think, I don't know what I'm watching, but it's great. And it's... And if you think about the original story, H.G. Wells wrote mm. it in the 1800s. It's it's kind of yeah. It's quite incredible, really, yeah. to think that he was writing about aliens and Martians invading the Earth. And yeah. but it's actually really relevant to, yeah. to today. If you think about the story, a lot of what they the, the, he says and the narrator says, it's really, really quite relevant to what's going on in the world today. So it was it's very interesting. But it is. Um, but the music is incredible, we've I mean, got like 36 piece string section on stage and a full band and which is not something I've ever really experienced before you know I've been singing my whole life but never really with live musicians most of the time yeah so it was um yeah it was a great experience and I'm glad I did it
1: yeah just going back to what you said about this of anxiety before is that something that you think you've always said yes to things Mm. and put things in your diary with a kind of Ugh, I don't really... I know I'll probably enjoy it, but it, the challenge of it, but at the moment, yeah. not really. I don't really know why I said yes to that. Yeah, absolutely everything <laughs> I ever do most of the like time. I Yes.
2: <laughs> I do... Um, I don't know what it is. And like, I In my head, when I say yes to things, I said yes to War of the Worlds over a year before <laughs> we started it, and it was all during lockdown. I had a mm. meeting on Zoom, and it was, great, that's going to be brilliant. And as the weeks got closer... I just thought, what have I done? And I do that all the time. I did it when I did my solo album. I've wanted to do it my whole life. And as I was out there doing it and performing on my own, I was, every single time, I was in a mess because I just, and guaranteed every single time afterwards, I go, oh, that was great. I want to do it again. And then the next thing comes along and I I kind of spoil everything for myself, if that makes, I I did, um, I supported Celine in Hyde Park. Oh, wow. Your brother was my drummer. Oh, cool. Um, <laughs> and I, I was so excited about it because it's incredible, but the whole day leading up to it, I couldn't even speak to anyone. I couldn't speak to anyone. My family, my mum tried to hug me, but I was like, you just need to leave me alone. And it was really spoiled that build up for myself but the minute I did it and the minute I came off I was so relieved and I'd had such a great time that I could
1: have done it again
2: but Mm. it's I don't that's I don't know if that's just my process and the way I have to
1: yeah I don't think that is spoiling for yourself by the way because it's almost like you don't know the end yet so that's how I always feel like, yeah. I don't I don't know yet that I'm not going to absolutely bugger this up so <laughs> No, but that's I, the thing. it's just I the can't thing. enjoy it I know it went all right
2: thanks <laughs> yeah after I sang everything in tune <laughs> yeah. it was all all right I didn't fall over um and I I, I didn't well I probably did say something stupid because I normally oh, do I'm but terrible for that like, I just terrific. talk nonsense <laughs> just <laughs> <Which> say things <laughs> and afterwards I think, oh, God, why did I say that? Why didn't someone stop me? Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> it's right. It's just that fear of not being good. I and think, when does that me. fear start to dissipate? Is it when you start to sing? I think so. Once I've got at least one number under my belt, I think mm. as long as I get through, or there's always, a. I guess there's always a song in every mm. show that is that moment you think, God, as long as I can get that note out, then it's all going to be fine. Mm. So... On the steps tour, it was that first, my first line, because it was everything's right up there. And it was, I started it and it was a bit a cappella. And
1: as soon as that was out, I was fine. Got to so say, your voice was sensational like oh, so good. Thank like, you. Really, really impressive. And it's funny that I, I totally relate to all of that. And I I think it's also it's a bit of a confidence trip with performing because just because you've done all the stuff before, Mm. it's still all roads only lead to the point that you're at in that moment. And I always feel like I'm only really as good as the last thing I did anyway. So, yeah. And also the more you've done, the more you think, but I've done all, I've got all this experience. I should just be able to just have this now. And actually you can still feel nervous, but sometimes when you do the really scary stuff and you get all that anxiety, it's actually quite, it's probably quite healthy because I don't, I suppose if the opposite is just feeling nothing or just being really chilled about it, then, yeah, then what's the, what's the, what's whole, the, point? the whole journey of it? If you know I, I mean? think it definitely tells me that I care, mm. and I think that's
2: half that's most of it, isn't it? Is that if, if, yeah. if, no, if you didn't true, really actually. care, then you, I guess, you wouldn't have those feelings. And it's it, the most important thing for me is that I do a good job at every single time, yeah, and and it's not for the lack of wanting to do, it's like sometimes, especially with your voice, you know, there are little things sometimes that happen you think, oh God, where did that come from? And, and the majority of the audience probably wouldn't even notice, but I think I'm so, so finickety and picky about what I sound oh, like. Yeah. you always got that in your head. Yeah. That, the critics. Sort of oh God, that, you know, that note was a bit rubbish or I cracked on that and no one else would even think twice about it, but
1: yeah, I think we we're our own worst enemy sometimes and so when you're doing these things do you feel like you're doing them for yourself or is there part of you as well that wants to be able to show your kids what you're doing obviously all i
2: whenever the kids are there that's i want them to be proud of me i think everybody every parent does don't they hmm. and i think they don't they don't really live in that world a lot they've always been around it because it's i think we got back together properly in 2011 and we did tour in 2012 so they were still quite small but just seeing them absolutely loving it was that's the reason why I keep doing it now Mm. I mean I don't know if it's going to change but they still want to come they came to see War of the Worlds Charlie absolutely loved it so Um, he's do you say he's nearly 15 yeah and then your daughter's 12 12, Yeah. yeah so I mean she's He's he's quite geeky. He's into all his kind of sci-fi and superheroes and stuff. So he absolutely loved it. Um, and they and they will come. They love to watch a show and they love to come and see it. So and even if I think that maybe steps music is not their thing, they will still come and he'll dance. Well, they both dance the whole way through the show. And for me, that's entirely what it's all about. I don't think obviously we all work, we all go to work to provide for our families and for our mm. kids and stuff, and that's an important part of it as well, but I want them to, I suppose, look at me and think, oh, yeah, she's actually, she's really good at what she does.
1: Yeah, and I suppose as well, just <coughs> when you were saying for the world's and part of like, I, just, I could just stay here and just be here, I sort of get the impression that maybe there's there's this sort of home thing that you do your family life, and then your work is almost like Sort of not, not as into, not like it's not like part of your everyday life. Yeah, it's very. Se- I do keep it very separate, mm. but I think I have to because
2: I th- there was a time where I would have, they would bring them to work with me, or I would, and I could never concentrate on one thing completely, yeah. and I found that really difficult to deal with. So I would go to work, and I'm, I'm, being Claire from Steps, if you like, but then they're there and they're wanting attention, they're needing stuff from me, and I can't give that to them. But but then I'm not giving my full attention to the job either. Yeah. So I've i found that really difficult. So it's it's much easier for me to go to work, do what I have to do there, and then come home and be mum and wife and 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 I, I can really do that quite easily now. Them. Yeah. I never used to be able to. I remember coming back from tour in the old days and before I obviously had kids and anything, and I'd be really down for two weeks afterwards because I've come back from tour and you're not getting that same kind of high every single night being on stage and getting what you get from the audience and I used to really struggle with that coming Mm. home and not having that but now it's the minute I walk through that door it's everything that I've done is gone yeah and I'm here and I'm present and I'm doing what I'm doing here.
1: Yeah, I think that's the thing I love as well about home life. And I think maybe that helps as well give a bit of perspective to the, the side of us that gets a bit nervous about things. Yeah. Because it's kind of like, yeah, but right here and now, none of that matters. So it gives you a break, basically, from yeah. that pressure. Absolutely. <laughs> it's, um, I don't think I would have been able to do it
2: before. And I don't know if it is just having kids that you have to. You just have to they're the priority whenever mm. they're, they're around. I think that's why I did struggle if ever they were in my work environment. And even now, I, I generally won't see them before a show because it just... It, I don't know if it adds an extra layer of anxiety.
1: Yeah, I think that's anxiety. very, very smart <clears throat> because um, I had a really nerve-wracking time with it before I did um, my London gig like three weeks ago. Yeah, um, And so it was the... F- the last gig of a 17 date tour and, you know, like when you have your... Because I live in London, so all my friends and family are coming. So you've already got all that and I thought, you know, I just want to finish the tour on a high and I really stupidly had the kids come from Soundcheck onwards and stay in my dressing room until... Turned out twenty minutes before I went on, yeah. and it was a nightmare. <laughs> <I> Not <can't laughs> even made, imagine. They were, the little ones were really hyper. Yeah, and then my twelve-year-old just didn't—thirteen, rather. He just didn't want to be there. He was very cross with me. Yeah. So even when I sent him out front, he didn't want to watch the gig at all. But but it was very near his school, and it was like just stick it out. You might as well now. There's no one at home. So yeah. yeah. Um, and he was literally WhatsApping me to my dressing room going, I'm going to watch one song, and then I'm going to come and see your dressing room. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, it was re- so stressful that while I was putting my glitter on, I had my three-year-old like, on my eyes. I had my gl- three-year-old on my lap, and I accidentally put the, the glitter glue in my eye. Oh, no. <laughs> I was
2: like,
1: maybe, maybe I'm not coping quite as well as I like to think. So I think having that space for yourself yeah. is very, very smart indeed So, God, how I was, I was
2: 29 when I had Charlie and I pretty much wasn't really doing anything. I'd steps had split, we split in 2001 and I had, uh, between 2001 and having him in 2007, I really didn't do anything at all. It was just kind of,
1: um, what did that time feel like? That's quite a big... Yeah, big amount of time if you've been that, that sort of because also the late 90s and sort of 2000, 2001, that's when steps were really, yeah, you know, we're working so hard and it must have been a very intense we crammed period. A lot. From 97 to
2: 2001, we crammed quite a lot. I think mm. we we had three albums and the greatest hits in kind of four years, I suppose. Wow. Yeah, and then actually, i f- <laughs> Raised it from my memory but 2002 H and I did an album together as well so so from about 2003 onwards I wasn't really doing anything it was at first it was great because I just thought I was 18 when I got my first record deal and it wasn't with Steps it was a different band so I'd kind of been on the road and toured. a pop and, band as well yeah just girl groups three girls and even though we didn't have any hits, we toured a lot. We supported Boys Own and, and Deck when they were doing their music a lot and did smash hits. We toured for that whole year. That's so so it's fun. Kind
1: of, I mean, that's an amazing era to be doing. All yeah, stuff, it was great. And yeah. it's, it was never like that ever again, really. Yeah, Everybody was really in it together. You learned so much, though, right? It's yeah. like a crash course and it was and so it, much you need to know about. Yeah,
2: <laughs> it was my training. Because yeah. I didn't have any other training apart from that, really. So it was my... I left... I went to a normal secondary school I left at 17 and within two months of leaving I'd signed a record deal so wow. and it was all just coincidence really it wasn't
1: to sort of serendipity yeah I met
2: somebody I yeah. met somebody at a karaoke and who introduced me to this person who introduced me to that person who said do you want to be in a girl band and I just went yeah right and I didn't even really audition so it, it was all kind of and and even that Having that experience helped me to get steps, if you like. Yeah, because the the, for, yeah. the guy who was managing it remembered me from the band ah. I was in before. So, so when did that? How long did that last? That first band? A year, and then I started. I worked in a reception of a hotel spa for a while, mm-hmm. and then I temped on just reception work, um, and then so that was ninety six, and then ninety seven, the May. Was when steps were put together, and um, I think because I'd had all that time, and I've definitely got a theory about how you, unless you can step yourself out of it, the the age you kind of become famous to a certain degree is
1: that, at the age you kind of stay, hundred percent to a certain degree. Something crystallizes.
2: Yeah, it's like you just because you're thrown into this world that's completely different from anything you've ever known, mm-hmm. and. I think only having that time away from it may, gave me the perspective and the ability to to not be 18 for the rest of my life,
1: I suppose. That makes a lot of sense, I think. And actually, Gwyneth Paltrow said the same thing. And really? Once and I remember reading that and thinking, that's really true. Yeah, there's something that crystallises when that happens to you, for sure. Yeah. and You have to sort of do your learning outside of that by yourself when things are on the downward bit, yeah. basically. Yeah, and
2: I absolutely <laughs> did. The, when that all came to an end... I, at first, I thought, oh, this is great. I can I can do what I want and I don't have to get up at stupid o'clock every day. And and for the first few weeks, it was great. And then after a while, you start thinking, I don't know. I don't know what to do with myself. I didn't know at all what to do with myself. I didn't mm. know how to pay a bill. I didn't really... I, I, I'd, I'd bought my first house by then, but I'd not really... I think it, it was done and empty for a good six months before I even moved in I stayed at my parents so it was kind of I just didn't really know how to be an adult mm. or how to do stuff for myself I suppose and how to have a life that wasn't just me being at home all the time because that's all I did really for a long time mm. and I gained a lot of weight and got married got divorced and then when I had Charlie I'd, I, I think I was a bit sick of that cycle and then obviously when I had him this whole I don't know instinct took over and I just thought right I need to go back to work I need to start earning my living again and start being an adult and being responsible and um we weren't married when we had him we got married after we had Charlie and I and I I suppose and I didn't do what I do I didn't sing at that point I, you know, I did a fitness DVD and I did interviews and I I kind of, I did a bit of presenting and I made a few documentaries and stuff, mostly about weight loss and things, but I didn't do what I'm supposed to be good at for a long, long time. And then when I did start doing that again, it was, I had this real battle to kind of make people remember that's what I was here for in the first place. Yeah. That's, that's the
1: reason why I have a career. Or well, maybe for you as well. To yeah. To get back into that, to own it again. To be like, okay, this is a grown-up version of me doing the thing. Yeah. Without the bits that meant that, you know, the band didn't sustain at that point and all those mm. things. And it was a bit
2: harder. I think when you're young, for me anyway,
1: I always had a voice and I
2: it always was just there. Mm. And I went through this weird period where it wasn't and I every time I tried to sing it just wouldn't do what I wanted it to do or what it what I was used to it doing mm. and I think it was getting used to that being older and understanding that this it doesn't just happen you have to work at it and you have to look after it as well so I, I went through that kind of weird period of time and I did a show called Popstar star to opera star which changed absolutely everything for me when it came to my voice and singing and yeah, That's an
1: incredible experience. Yeah, it was I mean, fantastic. What, a, what a discipline as well. I know. Thing. So, do you think that was another one of those? Um, I, I'm really anxious, and why did I say yes to this? And I'm, oh, god, it mm. was six weeks ago, and now it's four weeks away, <laughs> and now it's three weeks, and actually, it's tomorrow. And <laughs> one of those. no,
2: I get really excited about all of these things because, especially when I get chosen to do stuff, <laughs> I think, oh, it's so great, and they must really believe in me. And then, I, I wasn't confidence wise, I was probably. At, like, I feel like if I did that show now, I, it would be a completely different experience. Mm. But at the time, it was definitely at the start of me gaining back my confidence. So I just looked like a rabbit in the headlights for most of the time. And although I I absolutely loved it, and I cried my eyes out the day that I got kicked off, I was absolutely devastated. But I... Um, I just was terrified all the time, and I d- and it affected my performance every single time I did
1: it. Yeah, that's really exhausting as well, isn't it? No, that 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 horrible version of nerves that you just can't quite yeah. get on top of. Yeah, and it's it's so frustrating
2: because you want to do a good job, and it just you know affects your breathing and and yeah, which everything. is so key, especially with with that kind of singing as well. So it, but it definitely set me on the road to back to here I suppose where we are now
1: which is amazing really it's like a really unlikely mm. curveball to do that but I think yeah sometimes you just take these things on and I think when you said if you did it now it'd be a different experience but there's probably a reason why that was the time you did it and mm. you know that's kind of
2: I needed how these it. things
1: work yeah, yeah
2: I definitely needed it at that point and it was a opportunity for an audience to see so I think people have this kind of preconceived idea about steps to a certain degree that we are just a really manufactured pop band and we we're not any good at what at what we do. I think our fans know we can and we mm. know we can. There's a track record there. But I think because five, six, seven, eight was our first single, that's a lot of what people remember. So they just think, oh, they can't sing. So for me, it's there's been a lot about proving that I, I can and I I feel like I've always been I don't know chasing that approval I suppose from from people who never really did with us which is stupid because
1: I'm a, no, I I not <laughs> understand I don't know if it's actually like <clears throat> I was thinking about it from my point of view I think once I think pop in the in that era because mm. that's also the same sort of time that I was starting my music career yeah and I was doing pop music from sort of 2000 and. 2001 onwards and pop at that time was like a really quite a dirty word you know it yeah. wasn't really given any like like now the credibility that's associated with the the songwriting and having a hit in that and yeah. production all that is way different Everybody's yeah. a, will actually sort of listen more to when things actually succeed but then I don't think it was seen as a sort of easy route and actually pop music firstly I don't think it's that easy I mean no. trying to write something that's catchy as a you know a purity of the emotional sentiment and is three, three and a half minutes long and delivers it all, so you get it on your first listen. Yeah. Like, honestly, like, it's pretty tricky. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But secondly, I suppose you've got the legacy of now. You've had so much time, so to be able to say 25 years, like that proves something in itself. And I think people sit up and listen once you kind of cross over a threshold, like, actually, I'm still here, and we're still doing arena tours, and it's still all of that. But it does... Does take a one? I think there's that that inner critic thing as well. Like every time there's something off the cuff or a bit underhand, it kind of goes right to your core of like, is everybody thinking that? Yeah, when actually most no, people aren't thinking not. anything really. No, you're right. <laughs> I think we
2: I, there was a change. I, I think it was when we did the first album of new material that we'd done in years, and it was quite. I mean, it was still very pop and it was still very steps, but mm. we'd tried to kind of bring it into into this day and age, I guess. And, I noticed a shift in, how, when people would write something about us, in, back in the day, they would, they would, it would be really, really nice, and then at the end, there'd be some kind of, backhanded, snide kind of comment. Mm. But when, in 2017, when we released that album, it wasn't. Yeah. It was, everything was just nice. And it was a bit kind of, okay, maybe it has shifted, because we are 20 years down, at that point. and, are people you know taking it on face value now and rather than judging us for what they think we are yeah which I think is what or it was a bit it wasn't cool to admit that you liked. I was going to say I
1: was also because the people that are doing the write ups they've grown up yeah too so a lot of the same journalists are still around but actually they're like oh they're not associating with you know that, that sort of um, you know the way it was cool to write they're just yeah. thinking oh I used to love that song actually or well, that was me at uni or something yeah <laughs> like, They've sort of forgotten that they weren't supposed to be yeah. talking about <laughs> <that stuff laughs> yeah. in the same way. <laughs> You're not mm-hmm. allowed to like steps. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean the proof's in the pudding, and I think I was thinking about it on the way here. Like, there's so many pop groups and pop artists mm. that just fall by the wayside because it's really tough and it's a quick turnover. And there's normally this key bit where it's all like high octane, and then past that, the momentum comes from a mixture of the longevity of the people in the group and yeah. their determination to actually make it work, but also having a fan base. And yeah. if one of those two things isn't there, like, it's just not yeah. going to work, is it?
2: I think we have all got the same mentality when it comes to... We, all, we are all quite determined to make it work, and we're very... You know, Steps is our... It's our business, but it's also our baby, I guess. Mm. I think... And the fact that it's still the five of us is a, is a big part of it and and there came a point where we really took over the back in the day it was you know everything was pete waterman really we just were there and we were apart from the tours the tours were always our that was our moment to be able, be able to explore what we'd been given if you like yeah and make it ours yeah but now it's very much hours you know we yeah. d- we don't write as a band but we ch- every single song is chosen by us we and it takes months and months and months for us to do that and and it's you know th- we've got five very different personalities so yeah. it's not easy and it's not easy to have five quite creative minds Wanting to do different things and get into a pe- point where Just it's all it's the sometimes same. very
1: hard. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's not the easiest process.
1: Be honest, <laughs> uh, but we do all get there because our end yeah. goal is the same. Yeah, and also Steps has almost—it's almost like the extra person in the room. There's actually what the band, yes. the, you know, the essence of that. So you've got to always kind of there's like a fixed parenthesis of what that means. You know, like yeah. the boundaries of what will work for Steps. Yeah,
2: and yeah. I think you're right when you said. it. A Steps audience, it does feel like a family. It's There's a very, I don't know if everybody feels this, I've said it before about their their fans. It feels different to me. I don't know if the the way that our fans look at us and the way they see us in their lives, it's quite a,
1: it feels like it's really important to yeah, them. Yeah, I would um, agree with that from my my perspective as well. There's like yeah. an intensity of that bond, I suppose. It's quite formative and I think the fact that you've, Something that's been there, you know, with, with the you know the the highs and the lows of that yeah. long-term relationship that the band has brought. that's brought an extra level of affection yeah. for the times when you've gone. Yes, we're all together and look at us. Yeah. I mean, it's that's really great. That's a story in itself, isn't yeah. it? Like it? It's been, it's meant something to them to follow every incarnation and all the stuff that's gone on. And yeah, I mean, I think it's amazing because, you know, my husband's in a band. He's you no know, met he met them when he was a teenager. So yeah. I know very well what it's like to manage those, those dynamics and the, yeah. the whole thing. But actually, I've always said to Richard, whenever there's anything where, you know, they're struggling to get everybody on the same page or something, I'm like, yeah, but if you change out one person, it's not the same band. It just no, all changes. So it's not. So. Well,
2: one's missing.
1: Yeah. It's not the same. It's definitely... Yeah. I think
2: um, we've been quite lucky in the fact that it's still all five of us, I think. Yeah. And we've always said it wouldn't be the same. Yeah. You know, there were three other... The first... Um, incarnation of Steps, I suppose, didn't have me, Faye and Lee in it. Oh, really? And there were three other people originally, oh. and they lasted about six months, and then the audition that found us was when it became what you see it now. Mm. And I definitely, I do believe in sort of stuff like that. Everything happens for a reason.
1: Yeah, and also there's a chemistry between the people who, when you're working together like that, yeah. and you'll be able to keep that going. Like, that just, it's not always the case that you can do it. And I know there's been times when it hasn't been all of you together and stuff. But I was, I'm always, I love, um band histories and all that stuff. So is is it really the case that H was travelling around with Britney Spears on her (laughs) private jet? Because that is an amazing... I love that story <laughs> so much. So please tell me it's true because I was obviously a bit sad. Um, no, it is true. <laughs>
2: That's so it's, brilliant. I know. We, so we toured. I think it was '99. We I toured with Britney in They're on tour buses. Yeah. In the
1: private jets.
2: We're all kind of waking up at two o'clock in the morning, <sighs> yeah. dragging ourselves into a hotel, and he's getting a lovely night's sleep in a hotel, flying
1: by private jet everywhere with Britney. <laughs> I know. It's so her. brilliant. Yeah. And I loved it when he said, well, I wasn't really chatting with her because she was tired. I was actually mainly talking to her mum. Like, you'll go like, oh, that's fine then. <laughs> yeah, that's oh. fine. And mum, she had an assistant <laughs> called Felicia who was
2: always with her um, and Big Rob, her security. Who, I mean, she was still a kid
1: then. She was, God, yes, she, I think she end. was only
2: 16 or 17 wow. probably.
1: No wonder she was tired. And it was her <laughs> first, big... it was
2: her first big tour. Wow. I think she'd only even had two
1: releases or something. I'm trying to remember, so this, 2000 was it, do you say? No, it's 99. 99, sorry. The summer of
2: 99, so we were there from, like, June to August.
1: So, yeah, that's all, Mm -hmm. like, just the beginning of her career, really, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, Wow. So it it was an experience. I mean, it was. It's very everyone funny. thinks it's great that H flew around on a private jet, but we were all a bit kind of. It's really funny. That. It caused it caused some issues. I'm not surprised. That's really that's really going to ruffle some feathers. <laughs> I'll, I'll meet you guys there. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's fine. I'll I'll, meet, I'll see you in the dressing room. Yeah, and Flea's coming and going. Hey guys, H, we're leaving in about an hour. <laughs> yeah. Good for you. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Oh, dear. <laughs> yeah, that's great. See you later, guys. All yeah, <laughs> um, Yeah, I think that's... I just love all those stories, though. I mean, bands, we... are definitely capable of ridiculousness. Um, and also, at a time when, you know, especially in that sort of pop thing and when you're part of a major label and there's a schedule and you've yeah. got to be here, there and everywhere and everybody's telling you what to do. And then, actually, there's not a lot of... Um, the, the sort of, you know, the, the currency of... You know, good manners and etiquette and stuff becomes very quickly devalued when you're not really being treated that, yeah, kindly yourself. You know, I mean, we.
2: I remember when we went to America, we found it really difficult because, we're, you know, what it's like here when you're on that promo trail, it's relentless, and we were, you know, I remember the the, it was always the Saturday before release or the Saturday of release. So the, the, the single would get released on the Monday and you would kind of do your promo all week and then on your Saturday, it would be SMTV, CD UK. Yeah. Another TV, like the lottery yeah. or something and then go and do GAY at like three o'clock, two o'clock, three o'clock, the following. Week. So it's, you're nearly, that last Saturday before the chart, you would be doing 24-hour days. Mm. And we went to America. Oh, we, remember, we called a meeting with the record label because we were like we've come here to work you know we we're, we're doing our show every night which was 20 minutes supporting britney that mm. was all it was yeah. and every night we would, the stage manager would kind of be in the pit like tapping our watch cuz we'd always go over and we were just like make you know give us stuff to do we yeah. are here to do promo but that it's works very differently out there so we really struggled with that it's probably our, our least busy time. And the only time we ever did TVs and stuff was if it, they'd come from here mm. to, to film us on tour with Brittany. So it's it. we've always had kind of really different experiences, but that was a that was a kind of a weird time. And I think the fact that we were all so bored and he was on a private jet didn't really help either. No, no, because he's having quite a lot of fun, <laughs>
1: Yeah, Great, no promo. <laughs> and...
2: <laughs> stick his case on the tour bus. No promo. I mean, I just
1: shopped my my way around america yeah that's what i would have done too for sure Mm. that's still what i do when i go on tour actually yeah yeah (laughs) um so with with steps and the sort of role it is in your in your head and in your life do you have you sort of had your kids ask many questions about it because it's almost like another long-term relationship that sort of run alongside everything are they kind of aware of your relationship with your Claire from Steps persona? I think so, because I always make a joke of it to
2: a certain degree now. I think, and sometimes, it probably sounds so stupid, but I kind of, I do refer to myself as Claire from Steps sometimes as I am a, another person. It's like that is a, not actually me. So I, when I'm being Claire from Steps, they, they they're completely aware of that. But they're not really... It's strange because they, they know about steps from 2011 onwards. It's not... I never... They probably haven't even seen half of our old videos unless they've taken it upon themselves yeah. to have a, have a look. And I've never sat them down and gone, oh, watch this or listen to this. We've had... Um, they obviously know all the new material because they're a, I play it to them. So mm. what do you think of this? Do you like it? And they are honest and they will always tell me. But... Um, yeah, they're completely, they, they get it. They completely get that I am very much two different people.
1: Yeah, but I suppose when you're saying you refer to Claire from and I think that's like another example of your ability to box things up a little bit, which yeah. is probably something that actually in the long time has been something that's really helped you with, you know, getting yourself to a place where you feel really happy and you've got your work things. And, and I wondered as well if when you had that bit where you weren't singing and you were doing the other things, If you always felt like you'd come back to singing in the end, does that always feel like the thing that's the essence of what you you do, what you want to keep doing?
2: Yeah, definitely now. And and even now, I think, every now and again, I have to remind myself. I've spent... I I think it's because I'm getting older and I'm 45 this year and I think can I do this? Can I do steps forever? And I keep trying to think of other careers and other, like, what can I do? Can I go and train and do something else? uh, And then I rack my brains and I think, right, what can I do? What can I do? What do I like? I love crafting. Can I, you know, set up a business where I make stuff or all sorts of things. But actually, I don't have to just be in steps to be able to sing. And I think it's if you're, it's really weird. I think it's hard when you've... I suppose you're known for having a talent without
1: kind of sounding arrogant, I suppose. I don't think that's arrogant. It's, Perhaps to celebrate 25 years of that talent. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> completely justified. But to be able to even consider that I can have a...
2: You know, make a living, if you like just singing Mm. because I would be quite happy just to sit and sing songs that I like all day every day and Mm. and if I can get paid for it then that would be great but I I've never really considered that as my side hustle if you like Mm. I keep trying to think of my side hustle what it could be is that why actually it should probably just be me singing because that's what I'm good at and that's what I love so I don't know I never allow myself to to think that I could do that. And every now and again, I, I come back from War of the Worlds and I think, God, I really enjoyed that and I got to sing every single night and I wasn't, I wasn't singing step songs. Mm. So is that a possibility? So I kind of, I don't know, every now and again get a little new breath of life into into my love of it and, and what I want to do with it.
1: Yeah, well, I suppose it's all kind of, you've got all these other things that you do and I think it's totally part as well, like, like me, getting in our 40s and you've got all the bits of your life that you enjoy doing, all the different things. And obviously mm-hmm. raising a family is a big part of that as well. That takes up loads of headspace and loads yeah. of time. And if I was, you know, on my deathbed, I'd just think I'd, I want to be a good mum. That would actually be the thing I would care about the most of all. Yeah. But it's pretty crucial to me to have things that really I'm a bit selfish about and are, are mine. Yeah. And like you, I feel like they make me a better mother in the long term as well. So I really enjoy my relationship with music because it's gives me that and the thing about the time machine as well that crystallized kind of yeah dipping back to all the other times I've sung in my whole life really I think
2: because we all enjoy those moments where we look back in our life where we were happiest I suppose and at nine times out of ten there is some kind of music that links that yeah and it, it makes you feel safe I think and I I feel like with steps especially and and what everybody's been through the last couple of years, it's that those... Everybody thinks back to the moments in their life where they felt safe, and I think steps is there a lot of the times. I think that's why there's still an affinity with people.
1: Yeah, you know what? I never heard it put like that, and actually that's exactly right, that safety feeling. That's a really much more sort of articulate way of what I've been trying to say myself about. And
2: I, But they're the moments, if I look back in my life, the moments where you know growing up as a kid the the moments when i was happiest was when i was in my bedroom with the window wide open singing at the top of my lungs to Whitney Houston on the on the on the radio mm. and and i remember falling asleep every single night i'd listen to the radio and martin collins had a show <laughs> mellow madness i used to listen to it every night and mm. it's that, that if i think back to that is when i was you know most happy apart from recent times mm. so and i think it's just remembering that. I think as you get older, you get so distracted by everything. And with what the kids, I think as they get older, it is a bit easier because they, they still need you, but yeah, I'm not having to takes. run them here. You know, I don't have to take them to school anymore. They have to get the bus. So it's, my my role is diminishing a little bit in terms of my responsibility of what I have to do with them. But being here is, especially for my daughter, she's... You know, she hates it when I go away. And that's the most gut-wrenching thing about it. She just... She never wants... To, I don't know why. There's only
1: a dad and a brother. She doesn't want to be the only girl in the house. So she really struggles with it. And actually, my kids as well hate it when I go away. It's like that. So that, I always say that's the worst part of my job is yeah. having to say that I'm going. But then they are always fine, aren't they? That like you get they back are and they've always been fine.
2: fine. <laughs> they are always absolutely fine. And I... I definitely always feel better for having gone and done something, like d- done your job or what you did before or wh- however you want to look at it. I, maybe not after the Steps still, because I, d- I definitely didn't, but after this War of the Worlds tour, I've, I feel like I'm me again. And I've, I've kind of that, the, the mum that they need is here now. And that's, I. It's really important to kind of keep that. I know it's it's really easy to just be guilty, all the feel guilty all the time when you're a parent, and when you're a mum that that works as well. But you have to have those moments for yourself because if you don't, then you're just no good to anybody. That's how I feel.
1: Yeah, I'm doing lots of emphatic yes. nodding because I, I totally agree with you. And actually. You don't want to waste the things you're doing by feeling guilty because it doesn't It doesn't change it. You'll still no. go out the door and do your job and do all those things. You'll just be feeling wretched the whole time. It's just that yeah. nobody's really benefiting from that anyway. But I do think it takes a while to give yourself permission sometimes. And even now i still sometimes, you know, say to my mum or my girlfriend, like, oh, I feel really bad, I've got to go and do this. And they'll be like, my mum's always like, it's, it's what you do. It's okay. It's, it's okay. what you do. It's okay.
2: And it's, I, uh, I enjoy the fact that, they can see that I'm independent and they, you know, you don't have to rely on anybody to, that's what I try to drum into them all the time. Just whatever happens, just be independent and have your, have something for yourself, whether that be your job or, or a hobby or something, but just always take those moments for yourself because I, one, one of the things I find most important is being independent. I couldn't bear it if I had to rely on somebody for everything I know you know we all have to at some point in our lives and I have had to but I that kind of striving to be able to support myself is what keeps you going
1: definitely and And, and and your kids and so were you raised in
2: a musical family you mentioned singing and I went no not at all I'm the only (laughs) the only one we just I didn't I don't know where it came from I don't know why I just I became obsessed with Karen Carpenter when I was about 10 or 11 good choice yeah my probably possibly my favorite female yeah she's just I used to just my mum and dad had the ticket to ride album their ticket to ride and on vinyl and I used to play it and play it and play it and just try to copy the way she sang constantly and that's where it started and that's where it came from I always sang but just Mm. you know like kids do I used to you know, get my dressing up box and sing "Somewhere Over the Rainbow" and, <laughs> on, on my little stool, and make everybody listen. But I don't think anybody knew I was any good at it because no one in our family did it at yeah, all. That Nobody was, thing that was done. Yeah, just n- nothing, and not even anybody since either
1: in our family. It's strange. Oh wow, it's just you. Yeah, it's that's just... quite nice though, because then you can kind of discover things for yourself. Yeah. And so, I'd... did your mum work? Was she working? With?
2: Yeah. So she always worked part time. And so she was always there. My dad always worked quite hard, and he was the one that did late nights and stuff, but she, she always worked part-time, and she and it was always around. I remember when, probably even when I was 18 or 19, she would say she had to have school holidays off <laughs> on oh, wow. her job. Um, just to, even though I wasn't there. My sister, my sister left. My sister did hairdressing, so she left after her GCSEs. So. Oh, well, so you've both gone
1: quite quite young yeah yeah Yeah.
2: I I didn't move out of home until I was 24 I think
1: oh okay I I thought you said you
2: left at 17 that's when you went no I just was on the road all the the time and back then I really was I'd come home I'd dump a suitcase and pack another one and she'd do all my washing and (laughs) never had to do anything yeah (laughs) even when I moved out I would still go and dump my washing off and she'd do it for (laughs) me I might
1: come back to bite you, I? Don't. Yeah,
2: I know. <laughs> I know. I do see similarities. It's funny because when you're when you have got kids into a certain age, I remember expecting my mum to do everything, and and every now and again she would kind of, "You don't do anything to help us." And and now you find yourself in that. I'd like, I literally do everything for my kids when I'm here. I'd like I, if if they didn't have to do a single thing. They probably wouldn't, and I do try and. Like, if you, I kind of resorted to bribery sometimes. If you do that? I'll give you fifty p.
1: Although they well. have a fifty p. Well, they do it for fifty p. I think mine, maybe, but I think they, I I think they negotiate. Yeah, <laughs> they've got these go Henry card <laughs> thingies. Oh yes. Yeah. That was a mistake. I did I, that as well. Yeah. Just means it piles up because I think I used to forget to give pocket money, and that was quite good. And then I go, oh, it's probably three weeks I owe you. And now there's it's just yeah it just yeah, automatic. Yeah. And I haven't worked out how to pay for th- have them to pay for things. So I do oh okay I'll get it now and you pay me back and it just never happens. Yeah, so yeah. that was a silly move that for <laughs> me. <laughs> but I know they have the little chores on there you're supposed yeah, to do. Yeah,
2: little ticked off things. But it's normally the things that I really don't want to do. like yeah. emptying the dishwasher.
1: Yeah, or walking the dog. Yeah, that they- maybe should. I'm very impressed. So, before we started recording, you were telling me that you got a dog in lockdown. That they, the children, were so sure they we were going to look after. Her. They even did a PowerPoint presentation yeah. about about this dog and how good it was going to be for everybody and how much they're going to do. And it's materialised to them doing yeah,
2: doing absolutely nothing. <laughs> and now she's
1: definitely my dog,
2: and I don't think I would even trust them to walk her oh, without me. She's but she's um, having a little sleep while we chat. Yeah, she's she's she is good. She's very sweet. But they, I I do whenever I say to Charlie, are you coming for a walk with us? And he goes, is that a question? Or are you telling me (laughs) that I have to? So he, she, Daisy
1: comes quite a lot. She's quite good at the weekends. But yeah, it's all me. Um, I know what I wanted to ask you. You mentioned about crafting and I know you did Sewing Bee. How did you find Sewing Bee, by the way? It it was so much fun. It's one of my favourite programmes. Yeah. It was, um, it was quite
2: hectic and there were really long days. We did, it was only two days up in Leeds. Um,
1: but I thought I was all right at sewing before I did that, and it's, yeah. Can you do your own, did you always do your own alterations and things like that? Are you good with that no, sort of No, not stuff?
2: really. Not um. really, I think, because we've always had, especially back in the day, we, our way of linking ourselves together, because we were mixed, it was to always have the same colour, that's why we always yeah, look yeah. like through pastels, but... Um, And that meant having costumes pretty much made from scratch most of the time. So they would just buy a roll of
1: fabric and. Amazing.
2: It's a bit like um, Julie Andrews in The Sound of Music, pulling the curtains down. I always think that's what it was like with us. Oh, I love that. That's a good reference. Yeah.
1: I'm always trying to dress like I'm wearing something made out of curtains. (laughs) (laughs) It's
2: my go to. Yeah, no, I never, I never really did that. I did, I did art and design and textiles for A levels and GCSEs. Oh, really? All right, so that's part of your life from the get-go. Yeah, but I didn't do it. It's not really a. I love making things. I like. I make a lot of stuff out of pom poms, Um, but and that was the extent of it these days. But Mm. to actually, I'd never made a garment. So I had to make a waistcoat on there, which was quite interesting. I picked completely the wrong fabric, but I just oh. picked something that had unicorns and was sparkly.
1: Um, but it was good fun. It was really good fun. It was hard work, but it was really good fun. So I wonder if maybe you came, if you come from a family that's, you know, supportive, but not they're not creatives, maybe there's actually quite a lot you can still tap into with all of that.
2: Yeah, I do. I've got one of those mind but i always say it's like butterfly brain it's like i i kind of i'm here and i'll do that and then i won't finish that and then i'll go here and i'll do something else and then i'll i just get distracted too easily and i i need to focus the only thing i've ever really been able to focus on for anything any long period of time is music and singing so
1: <laughs> <That's enough. laughs> stick that's <enough>. with that <laughs> So I always ask everybody if they're the sort of mother they thought they would be. Do you think you're the sort of mum you thought you'd be?
2: God, I don't know. I don't think anyone's asked me that question before. Um, I think I'm the sort of mum I want to be. I don't know if I'm the sort of mum I thought I would be. I think I always wanted...
1: Well, did you always want children, I suppose? Yeah, yeah I did always
2: want... I Definitely always wanted kids. And I always wanted to be a mother and always... I always just wanted to have that relationship with my kids where they can come to me for anything and there's a friendship there, but also I am their mum and they. I never wanted to treat them like they're just my friends and I think that's when the lines get blurred a little bit. I want them to... Again, emphatic nodding. Yeah, I want them to (laughs) respect me and I want them to listen to my advice rather than just think I'm lecturing them all the time Mm. and be strict but not too strict. It's... You know, my my mum was quite strict when I was growing up. So I and I and my sister was quite a rebel, so I was the one that I probably kind of I didn't do a lot when I was younger because of kind of making up the fact that my sister was outrageous and and I remember even in my twenties I'd come home at like two o'clock if I'd been out and my mum would be sat with a cup of tea waiting for me to come in. So I always I thought I don't I wanna <laughs> trust them. But I don't, which is really hard, I think, these days. I think parenting is so different to when we were younger. Definitely. There's so much more to worry about. And I don't know if that's just because we're a generation of worriers, or if there really is more to worry about, which I'm sure there is.
1: I don't know. I think there's a transparency now that makes us feel like if the information is out there, we should know everything. Whereas I think before, there was just a lot more that... Yeah. I mean, my parents just didn't know where I was if I wasn't home. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so there is uh, things that... I know, maybe not when I was older, but definitely younger. You know, be out all day long mm. on my bike somewhere and they wouldn't think twice. I wouldn't think twice. But mm. I couldn't... Like now, I would be looking at my phone. We're tracking them. Exactly. You know, we're constantly, where are they? And... And my mind automatically goes that there must be up to no good, yeah, and they never are because they are actually they are really good kids, and they don 't want to, like Daisy would be devastated if she thought she 'd done something
1: yeah wrong, yeah, I think it 's that thing of the, the transparency of being able to actually, as you say track them and all that, I mean yeah, if you feel like if you can do all that, then you should know about it, and then if like and then that encourage you to think that you're tracking them so that the bad thing doesn't happen, whereas before you didn't have that option, so they just no. go off, and then you yeah. just had to go, they'll probably come back safe and sound. Yeah. You know, so I think there's probably the a bit thing of The one
2: thing I always have said to them is that just whatever happens, it doesn't matter how bad it is, you've always just got to tell me the truth, because as long as I know, I can help you. If if I don't know, mm. then that's where we get into to situations that we don't want to be in. So I've, I always just encourage them to be honest with me yeah even if it's not the best situation yeah nine times out of ten they are but there's always that little bit where they're not
1: yeah but also they learn how to tell you the thing you should hear yeah yeah don't don't worry that's just a trick isn't it (laughs) it's part of growing up as well (laughs) um there's something i i feel uncomfortable (laughs) asking you because it's not something I would normally bring up, but because you mentioned about your documentaries where you were doing sort of weight loss documentaries, mm. I feel it would probably be a bit strange if I didn't ask you about okay. your relationship with raising kids when that's something that you've, you know, been quite open about yeah. your relationship with. Is that something that has you've been found tricky with raising the kids or it's not really something that you've had to worry about in the way you thought you might? Um... <laughs> And you don't have to answer. Yeah, no, talk no, about no, it's fine. I, It's really like very far out of my vocabulary to talk to anybody. Yeah, about no, no, it's fine. Body and I'm image happy unless- to
2: because I think it is important nowadays as well. Because again, they're growing up in a completely different environment. That's very true. I mean, it's bad enough. It, all my issues started when I got into the band, and it, not even Steps actually. The first band. It was, you know, we were put on a diet immediately and made to lose weight. Yeah. When you were a teenager? I was 18, yeah. Oh, my
1: God, that's horrific.
2: And so I, and the things that I did from then on, I remember even then the first, I think
1: all I ate was peas and fish fingers for ages. It's just so weird. It is weird. But it's also, if someone's telling you that's what it takes and that's also hardwired to be well, if I'm going to be in a successful group, this is obviously what yeah. everybody's doing and yep. this is what I need to do.
2: And the day, the audition for Steps, they said they wanted me, but I had to lose weight.
1: So... But, that's which now, I mean, can you imagine that happening now? No. would uh, like yeah. like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> I, it's actually not legal to talk like that Yeah, trying to start a job, but wow. But that
2: was from my, so that was my day one, really. And so, it, and it did set me on a very... I'm better now but it's still something that is in my head every single day and I think also knowing the things that the kids have to all we had to deal with was airbrush I remember going for a meeting years ago and we our record company were trying to persuade us to do FHM and the way they persuaded us or tried to persuade us to do it was that they came and they bought two photographs and they went this is this is the photo it's so the airbrushed photo yeah and then said and but this was what it looked like before so look what we can do we can like make you <laughs> <laughs> look like this and that was the selling point wow and and now it's that's on your phone yeah the kids that's so
1: so it's true. even
2: less real than it was back then. So I, I find that harder to deal with. I mean, you know, my kids are. Charlie's never had a problem, but he's a really fussy eater. So it's he will only eat certain things, and he's everyone's told me for years he'll grow out of it, and he never has. Mm. And he's got a real. This I don't know if it's a texture thing, but he gets things in his head, and he just won't eat them. Mm. Daisy's much more she'll try anything and if she doesn't like it, she won't eat it. And that's that's
1: healthier, I mm. think. It's so tricky, isn't it? Because you want them to learn how to be healthy and how to look after themselves and have a really positive relationship that's got no association yeah. with shame and yeah. trying to exactly. navigate that is really hard. Um, and I also think your emotional uh, relationship with food is... Is pretty much there from, I think, maybe even by the time you get double figures. Because yeah. it's an emotional thing. Mm. I mean, we, you know, think about how people talk about, like, their grandma's cooking or a meal yeah. they had. Or, you know, they're, yeah. they're, all, they're all feeding in. Or if you, you know, used to go home to an empty house, you would eat because there's no one there when you get yep. in from school. So that, you know, it's all multi-layered and it's not the literal of, like... It's hardly ever just, I really love eating that. No. You know, it's, it's really complex. It's not.
2: And I definitely, my relationship with food is very complicated. And it, it, I don't remember it when I was a kid. You know, we had mm. three meals a day. My mum would cook every night. It was never, I don't ever remember my mum being on a diet. Nothing like that. I mean, she's quite small and always has been. So I don't, it wasn't something that I had growing up at mm. all. I mean, I was, I was quite sporty at school. I Always had a big bum and chunky legs, and I was, bu- not bullied. But comment, you know, the, they were the comments that yeah. I would get at school. But well, it I never, I don't ever feel like it was an issue until I started working. Hmm. Um, but I've gone from being dangerously thin to obese, and and I and I honestly do believe it's all part of the same.
1: Oh, if it's if it's 100%. an eating
2: disorder, it's 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 one extreme to the other, but it's still, it's the same, whatever that eating disorder is, it's the same thing.
1: Yeah. It's, it's oh, 100%, an extreme. A hundred percent, and, you know, control and an emotional thing, and, you know, there's, there's ways to disappear in yeah. both directions, actually, in terms yeah. of how you feel when you walk in a room, and, you it's, know, and the way people can talk about it very openly as well when you're in the public eye, yeah. or just, you know, as you say, at school and places like that. I do think there's a there is a a massive lack of understanding generally,
2: and I think especially on the overweight side of it I think people just look at definitely. if anybody who's overweight that they're lazy and 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 got no discipline and i i don't i'm not lazy, and I definitely do have discipline but i i found myself in that position and you know I struggle every day I have to touch wood but and I've managed to maintain a good size now for a long time but it's a battle every day and I don't and people just don't understand that psychological side of it and I generally yeah and I, mean, I we're think
1: trying to, I think there's definitely movements to make things a bit more balanced in terms of representing different body shapes and also putting the emphasis more on strength and fitness yeah which i think is brilliant because being strong who doesn't want to feel capable you know that's a that's a real positive but yeah the the association that there's one body shape that is the right body shape i think is just really old and we're over the same generation so we went right through that whole thing of as you say the airbrushing and all of that stuff and sort of late 90s you know like mid-drift tops and all of that like oh my i just and yeah. the, the heroin chic that was yeah, like oh God, back I then know. that
2: was yeah that's what they used to you look
1: at it like that, wow yeah that really
2: but that's what everybody it. if you didn't look like that then yeah. you were wrong yeah and it's impossible no one's ever going to look the same no. and i just i kind of wish that i was starting out now because the body shape that i've got it would have fit perfectly the big bum and everything and small waist and it's um it is a minefield and I think I just we have to be so careful especially with our girls that it's everything is it's the same but different and Mm. I almost feel like it's worse It's, it's the unattainable that everybody wants yeah and that's not that's never changed and I don't
1: feel like it's getting any better no, you might be right, but not for the time being. With as you say, like the way that you can present yourself online, and and it takes a while for you to understand that the, the people that communicate a lot online and use all the filters are actually the ones that are actually not not necessarily leading the happiest no realities. But from the outside looking in, and it looks like amazing. You yeah, know? like you know that that's the glamorous thing to mm-hmm. to try and and get to. But I suppose. What it really comes down to is just, as you say, just trying to keep their relationship with bodies really healthy and happy. And and you've got to be able to love the skin you're in, haven't you? That's yeah, you thing. do.
2: And I think if we can get to that sooner mm. in our lives, then we'll be better off for it. I think yeah. when I hit 40, I did start caring less. But also, which made me healthier in a way. Yeah, like made me more active. It made me, because I was doing it just to feel healthy not because I was
1: trying to lose weight I feel exactly the same way I go into my 40s and I was suddenly like actually I feel the most comfortable in my skin I'm, mm. not, I'm not in you know I've been in much better shape and all of that but it just suddenly wasn't really emphasis anymore yeah and when I've done my tours and I can still jump around and sing and dance at the same time I'm like great I can yeah. do the things I want to do and that's kind of enough for me. No, exactly. Probably she goes to the gym a bit more, Well, yeah. I'm, is... I'm, I'm quite slack on that at the moment, but... That can come back in its own time. Do you know what, though? I would love to go for a really long walk. Oh, yeah. I love walks, too.
2: And I think... I feel like that makes me feel well enough mm. to... Yes, I have got a wobbly bum and I have got... You know, it's not great when you have to put on a skimpy costume, but I did... When was it? 2012. When we got back together... I was much bigger then and I did that whole show same vigor same energy same effort as everybody else but I was probably four stone heavier than I am now and I was fine and I did it and it was great and Mm. I didn't that gave me confidence to know that I didn't have to be a stick to Mm. to be able to do my job well I still did it well
1: yeah yeah yeah, absolutely. And for what's worth, I think you look phenomenal on the tour. Like all the <laughs> outfits. I, my personal favourite was the first one, I have to say the sort of oh, the Aber goes to space. Yeah. Yeah, that was my <laughs> the, personal fave.
2: The quality street. <laughs> Yeah, I it's actually great. Quite a lot though. of our costumes were
1: we had the gold one at the end. Yeah. Yeah. That was quite That's quality cool. street-ish.
2: And the purple one at
1: the beginning. There's something very impactful about seeing people all dressed in a way that complements each other. It does yeah. it does work. It's a bit like the dance routines. There's something really cool about lots of people doing the same thing all at once. Yeah. It just it's like infectious. Yeah. So yeah, it's all good. Um, well, thank you for discussing that with me, because I know that it's not something I would naturally bring up, but I just think as i said because of you've been had quite an open relationship with you know talking about it yeah. i probably would have walked away thinking actually no as you say it is something and you know my kids are all different shapes and sizes i think for me the whole thing is just that thing of like starting point is you've got to be really accepting of where you are right now like mm. you have a lovely body and everything's great and yeah. if you want to do this that and the other if you want to be you know do some more you know, exercise or build it as they get older you know that's all wonderful and there's loads of ways you can do it and your body's going to lap it up because you're young and yeah. capable but I just want them to feel good you have no to self-loathing find, you've please. got to
2: find your own path mm. and I don't I think you're told so much when you're young mm. and when you're growing up. So you have to do this. You must go to school. You have to learn that. And I think I know from the more I'm told not to do something or to do something, then that's the thing that will make me do the opposite. Mm. And that's probably why I got in the first place. Oh, you really shouldn't be eating that. So I would be in the cupboard eating 10 of them instead of half. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's... It, I,
1: and for a moment, it floods your brain with... It's comforting, yeah, isn't it? And, but then you're full of absolute yeah. self-loathing afterwards because you think,
2: what did I do that for? But it's, yeah. it is a cycle that you can't get yeah. off. And I, I found myself in that for a long time, but I've got balance now. Mm. But I don't ever want... I don't ever want my kids to have
1: gone through from start to finish what I have in terms of that because it's just not worth it no well you can and that's the the beauty of being able to impart wisdom isn't it from your own experiences to say yeah. you know look trust me I know I know what I'm talking about with this stuff and it mm. does it does help people when you have those conversations there'll be people that can listen to this now and be like yeah. i find it helpful because it resonates you know I don't know hardly anybody that's never had a time where they feel uncomfortable with their body image or looking at something else and thinking, is that what I'm supposed to look like? It's just yeah. part and parcel sort of... I think everybody comes ...coming does. to terms with yourself, really, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, going back to the here and now, and I'll, I'll, I'll set you free in a minute <laughs> are there things in your... Do you have to tell me what they are? Are there things in your diary already that you've said yes to that you're already thinking, I'm probably going to feel nervous as that comes up, but I'm excited about it now?
2: Um, do you know what? There actually isn't at the moment. I think, because this year especially is a steps year still. Mm. So, I'm very much in a steps head space, but I've got lots of ideas and plans of things that are different and that could be really, really exciting mm-hmm. if it happens, and something that I would like, would never have thought of doing before. Ooh.
1: So, I guess you could um, look at sort of West End and musicals and things like that if you love doing your War of the World so much. I don't. Do you know what? I do.
2: A lot of people have said that, and I. The difference with War of the Worlds is that my part was kind of 12 minutes. And as long as I can stick to a 12-minute role, then I'd be great.
1: There must be some 12-minute roles I'm sure available. there are. There's probably less. There's I'm probably sure like there eight-minute ones And as well. especially ones where I'd get to die as well, because that was my favourite bit. <gasps> Dying. That's. Can you remind me, how does your character die?
2: Um, she goes into a house that is still standing and that gets blown up by the Martian. And then I would come up every night on the lift in in like a kind of strategically placed rubble and I put a lot of effort into my dead body position it was the most exciting bit our jobs are quite silly sometimes I know <laughs> it's so st- and every night I would think because Duncan Duncan from Blue was played my husband and he's like played this kind of mad <laughs> mad parson who's completely engulfed by the fact that he thinks the, I remember the, the that Martians character. are the devil mm. And every night, I was trying, like, "What can I do to try and put him off?" <laughs> so I'd kind of be there with one eye open, and then, <laughs> and I, I always thought he couldn't, he didn't notice, but he noticed every single night. <laughs> he
1: was just too professional. He was too professional. <laughs> he He's kept, kept going. Too professional. Mad passing. <laughs> <laughs> We're lucky, though, aren't we? we? Get to do really extreme stuff and then go back and just be like. Yeah, back yeah, I did to that, the, you know, normal. After, do you know
2: what, sometimes it's only after when you're talking about it, you think, actually, that sounds completely ridiculous. Duncan from Blue yeah. was my husband <laughs> while I was laid dead on a stage
1: in a load of rubble. and um, It's definitely got it's, elements of a fever dream creeping in. Yeah, it's
2: not <laughs> words that I ever thought I would say in a sentence. There's so many things. It's like I always do say that I've... Everything, every time I do something different and something new, it's like I've got a bucket list that I've never written. And it's like, I've just... I go, oh, I tick that off. I didn't know I wanted to do that, but I've done yeah. that. And, and it, it just keeps coming all the time because of the opportunities that you I get know. presented with that you just think, that's it doesn't sound ridiculous, but it actually is completely ridiculous.
1: Hell, yeah. And that, I actually think that's so good for your brain as well. I think we're so lucky. And I, like the other night I went one of my girlfriends is in a band that was um supporting sting so i went to watch her do a gig and then we watched his gig and we went out for supper and i was like i'm so lucky this is just going to see my girlfriend do her work yeah and um her work is actually really fun and and then when i do my thing i can bring my friends along and yeah it helps me remember that it is a bit bit silly and really a good giggle and there's yeah. lots of fun stuff to it hello
2: we are very lucky we lucky. are there's there's, there's downsides to it sometimes but i think the upsides really do
1: outweigh they do and you have to keep hold of the joy bits because actually Mm. i can't think of any job that doesn't have that sort of bit that's tricky or challenging or whatever no um so the but the bit that makes you really excited is that's what it is that's the the bit that you're getting to
2: getting to do what you love i think there aren't many people that can say they could do that in any job Mm. i guess yeah so to be able to to do what you're good at and mm. that you love it is, uh, you're winning.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it's important in a band, actually, to keep that because yeah, it's very easy to get a bit cynical and bitter and, you know, yeah. down about things. I mean, I can't say I'm not cynical. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, everybody likes <laughs> to... be jaded. No, but you can... Well, I think with the tour you did when you weren't allowed to go out and about, that's not going to help with that. But I think, generally speaking, you know, it's like... Looking up and out is important. Yeah. Otherwise, it's very easy to kind of... I mean, I'm a sort of moaner by default, I think, basically. Yeah, so I have to remind too. myself not to moan about actually everything. I'm sort of, I've realised as well, because I'm very spoilt with having a job where I can work very intensely for periods, but I also have it where it's... Yeah. Pre- so basically, if I have more than, like, three days of work in a week, sometimes i would be like, oh, I've got to work another a fourth day. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like chill out, there are people that have to work, like, properly. Like, Shift work. Yeah, and no one says afterwards, like, you were really great, or gives yes. them a round of well applause. Well
0: done. We yeah, <laughs> worked two whole days in a row. It
1: yeah, was so good. <laughs> so, yeah, pretty, pretty cushy, really. And actually, our lives have mirrored. There's quite a lot of similarities. I also signed my first record deal at... 18 and yep. then it was all done and dusted by the time i was 19 and then went and did something else so there's quite a lot we're like yeah. i'm like the the indie version of you
2: you <laughs> know <laughs> the cheesy pop version well no i won't no come on i won't fall for pop
1: my heart's in pop I do <laughs> love pop uh, well here's to 25 years as well <laughs> yeah thank yeah. you thank you so much thank you i'm gonna have a biscuit now <laughs> yeah. i'm gonna go for one of these choco leaflets, they're my favorite
2: I, I can keep getting away of chocolate
1: isn't she lovely it's such a nice chat um, as i knew it would be and i got a choco lead out of it as well note to future guests yeah. if i come around your house biscuits is a nice touch actually most people do do nice things like that i'm just just being cheeky that's what i'm being um what have i got on this week oh tomorrow i'm going off to the studio for four days actually i'm going to go away to go and finish my blimmin album so this is my eighth original album now. Is that what you call it? Original? As in, it's not a covers album. Sorry, not, I don't mean not covers. Oh, I can't speak today. You can tell I've had no sleep. I mean, it's not a greatest hits or anything like that. Or covers for that matter. Um, so this is my third album I've done with Ed Harcourt. It's kind of Japanese synthy pop. Um, so no disco, no dance, really. But hopefully stuff that might still get you on your feet. And... Um, I'm really, really excited about finishing off. It's half done, and I'm going to get it all done. It's going to be lovely. And um, so I'm going to enjoy my my Sunday. Take it nice and easy. I've got another lovely guest for you next week in the form of Lisa Eldridge, makeup artist, uh, presenter, broadcaster, author, businesswoman, extraordinaire. So we had a lovely chat. I will see you in one week. Thanks so much for lending me your ears. Um, I don't do this often enough, but thank you to Ella May for my amazing artwork for the podcast. She's back for another series, so series seven, I'm really happy. Thank you to my amazing husband, Richard, who does all the editing. You do a great job, darling. Thank you. I will stop in a minute, Mickey. This is important. And finally, a huge... All right, Mickey. I really... Is your? Th- if you have a three-year-old in your life, is this how they talk to you? Shall I stop? Push you. Yes, I will push you. Thank you very, very much to Claire Jones, my producer and friend who is so brilliant and comes with me to all the recordings and makes this whole thing a lot more professional. You can tell she's not here for the intros and outros, which is why it's a mess. But anyway, I do love you long time, and it's quite nice to talk to you in amongst doing all the stuff with my tiny boss people. All right, see you in a week. That's love, over and out.